about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. We've been speaking about building something in your life that will last. And we spoke about four things before. Number one is to recognize what the master builder. We started from the book of Luke in chapter um, um, uh, 12 or something like that. And we we're talking about those who build on the sand and those who build on the rock. And the way to build on the rock is first to recognize the master builder. The second thing it says we've got to regard the pattern of the master builder because God gives everybody a pattern. And when you don't follow the pattern, what you build will not last. He said to Abraham, he says, go and sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac. On the Mount of Moriah, if I had time, I would be able to explain to you why the Mount of Moriah was linked to Jesus. If Abraham had sacrificed Isaac on the Mount of Hermon, Isaac would have died. Because the provision for his legacy wasn't on the Mount of Hermon. It was on the Mount of Moriah. Everybody else may sacrifice on a different mountain. Your pattern is Moriah. Because if you don't build according to how God shows you the provision that you need that will not kill what you're building will not be found. Let me continue. Number three, I said you've got to retain the virtue of patience. You've got to retain the virtue of... If you want to build anything that's lasting, it's not immediate. It's going to take time. And number four, I said you've got to resolve to last the distance. They changed it. I saw dance last week. Uh, resolve to last the dance during the distance. I'm joking. <laughs> resolve to last the distance. Number five is release. Release. Release what you have to the master builder. It's called the power of release. This is one of the most sober messages I'm going to preach in a while. And listen carefully to this. This is principles. I'm sharing with you technological, spiritual principles that will help you. The Bible is a condium of principles. In the book of Luke chapter 12, listen to what he says in verse 16 to 21. He says, then he told a story. A rich man, listen to me if you're at home, listen to me. Listen carefully. Let's read this together. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Good guy. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barn and build bigger ones. I will do a renovation. I will do an extension to my house. In fact, I will go into the loft. He said, oh, oh I, I'm, going to, I'm going to expand my portfolio. If I, I need to speak to a financial advisor, how I can expand my portfolio for my children's children. He says, then I will have enough room, so I will increase my pension. So that I can have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And then I will sit back 
and say to myself, my friends, you have enough. You've done well. <laughs> you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat. Drink. And be merry. But God said to him, you fool. When pastor says stupid, you see where I got it from. Says, but God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool. This is Jesus speaking. To store up earthly, earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Let me give you what the Message Bible says. The Message says, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. The world system has now found out that everything that they have built is on sand. This pandemic has shown clearly to all of us that every single thing that we have built so far is on sand. And the world and the church has been chasing mammon, chasing a system, chasing a job, and it took a virus, an unseen organism, to become a storm and a torrent. And the whole building of the fabric of our society collapsed. Do you know what it means to borrow currently 300 billion pounds? Billion. And what, what, what is very clear is that Children's children will be paying that for generations to come. And it has not stopped. It is like hemorrhage, financial hemorrhage. Every system to save, to build, every system to put that have been put in place for decades fell in six months. Just like that. And it wasn't war. It wasn't a person. It wasn't a nation. It was just something we can't see. And yet, we're hitting levels that we have seen in March. And the government, God help them, God we pray for them, is finding out that even if I give a solution to this angle, this angle will crop up. If I try to help this industry, this industry will crop up. If I, they are paralyzed by the fear of the unknown because when the storm has come and the torrents have come, we found out that what we have been building upon is sand. Can we all agree here and at home, can we all agree that in 2015 somebody say 2015 no you can say better, say 2015 so can we all agree that in 2015, not a single person got the correct answer to where do you see yourself in five years from now? <laughs> not one person. You know your five-year plan? Not one of us got it right. I said this last week, I'm going to repeat myself. In worship tabernacle, even around churches all over the world, but I'm talking about my church, we have preached, we have taught, we have coached people how to live a life. We taught you how to prosper. We taught you how to save. My whole messages have been punctuated by save. We taught you, we forced you, we kicked you. We did everything we could. To get you to buy property. We teach you. Struggle to teach you how to thrive in your marriage. And many people. If you will not lie to yourself. 
has come into this workhouse and God has changed your life around. You could sit at home and you could throw stones, but you will know that if you were not associated to this ministry, you would not be where you are. And we thought that with all our hearts. However, what we have failed in this pandemic and what has been taught to me personally is we taught everyone to become successful one way or the other. What we didn't understand is that none of us or many of us were not taught how to bring it all under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Everyone has run to their own houses, to your tents, O Israel. We took from the master's hands and we're now pursuing our stuff without realizing that everything we're doing is being built on sand. Lord, I give you my heart. All that is within me, I give it to you. I adore. We sing these songs. But the truth of the matter is this. is I have recognized, and pastors have agreed with me, that we have failed to tell people there will be a time you will prosper. What you do at that critical moment determines how far you would go. Are you expanding your house? Are you going into the loft? Are you saving more money? Have you ignored that you are not rich to God, but rich to yourself, and God says, your time is up? You may not necessarily die. No. But whatever God wants to do with you, dies. I've got to tell you the truth. In the book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 21 to 22, i got to tell you the truth. My heart is pulsating with how God has rebuked him. Jesus answered him. He says, if you would be perfect, that is, have that spiritual maturity which accompanies self-sacrificing character. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have riches in heaven and come, be my disciple, side with my party and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, grieved and in much distress for he had great possessions. God says to the man, sell everything, just follow me. He didn't realize it was a test because when you follow Jesus, he will provide for you. But no, he had acquired and accumulated so much that there was a place where there is a storm coming and the torrent was coming. And he couldn't do what God told him to do. There's a place that your character of building and maturity is going to be tested. Have we been building all this for ourselves? That's why we're showing off our shoes on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. That's why we're showing off our houses. We're not showing off how you took food to feed the poor. We're not showing off that how you've even come to help serve other people in the house of God. We're not showing off that. In fact, we're showing off how we even disdain the house of God. We're into different influencers groups just to better ourselves. And God says, your time is up. The Bible says, many, 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 he, he, he wrote it on the wall and he says, I have weighed you in the balance and I've found you wanting. The test of your character is not when you don't have anything. The test of your character is when God blesses you. It's called the power to release. It, it shows clearly, when, 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 when Jesus mentioned this in Matthew chapter 12, it shows that people love God for what they can get and not what they can give. Jesus said, after feeding the 5,000, you're looking for me for bread. Instead of looking for me for the word of life. Oh, Jesus, we've been looking for you. Jesus looked at them and said, you know what? Your loyalty, I keep saying this, your loyalty to me, it depends on your need. When your need is up, off, 
Your loyalty has finished. You're only looking to me because you want bread. I fed 5,000, I fed 4,000, so you're looking for another meal. So let me teach you this, this, this afternoon. If you want to have a lasting legacy, or you want to create a lasting legacy from the age of 22, I don't care when you start, you must be a giver. Anything that will last has to be given. If you are not a giver, prayers cannot open your heaven. If this church is quiet, I wonder what is happening in the people's houses. <laughs> Pastor, you're too hard on the people. This is no, no, no. I'm not hard on you. I'm just I, God has just revealed. You know, you know, you know, you know when 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 we stress test something, we want to know how its ability to withstand. God has just shown me that. Boy, most of us are just in it for what we want. And God is saying, teach them my principles because my principles are timeless. If you want anything to last, you must be a giver. If you are selfish, you will never have a lasting legacy. Many may not leave a lot of money behind but they have created a name that will last. Their names alone will open doors for the next generation. They may not have money, but they have left a name. Because listen to me, givers are rulers. Jesus was sacrificed, he was given, and the Bible says, I have highly exalted his name. Isaac was given and 12 nations of Israel came out of him. David gave to the building of the temple and regardless of his children's disobedience, his legacy still stayed on that throne. Because all these people were givers. There's something about a person that gives. Now before you go haywire on the internet, I'm not asking for money this morning. I'm asking, Lord, I give you my heart. Do you really give God your heart? Listen to me. For all of you online and at home, there's something called the law of deterioration. Diminishing issue. It becomes, it's clear that material things, whether as sacred as this church, or as natural as a forest, are on their way to the trash pile. That shoe that you bought, that you saved for five months, sooner or later, will end up one day in the trash pile. Maybe not in your lifetime, but your children will look at this like, ah, how could mom be wearing this kind of stuff? If I was wise, I wouldn't have thrown a lot of stuff that my mom had. She had these platform shoes. It's come back, hasn't it? Platforms. You know the platform shoes? It's, it's, it's back in, in vogue. These, these old uh, uh, African ways, all of it is coming back. There's this, there's this bag that, that some, some people had before they used to pack stuff in there and use it to travel. Uh, uh, there, there was a country that they sent back from another country and when they look at their bag, I saw it in Harrods. 1,555 pounds, 29 pence. I'm not sure if the 29 was there, but that was the, 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 the thing that looked irrelevant. What have you worn in the last nine months? Where is it? Where, 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 where's that gold? Where is it? Where's the clothes? Where it is? By the time you wear it, it's out of vogue. Everything follows, it will deteriorate. It follows the law of deterioration. And when God is not in it, even sometimes our physical life will start to ebb away because all we're doing is we're chasing after shadows. Whatever you love will become a refuge. Will become a re refuge very soon. It's going on the flash path. It's going into the bin. It's going into the skip. 
Even the house you so much love. Many people recognize today that the richest people around right now are builders. Builders. Have you noticed? Builders. Because you've spent so much time in the house you didn't spend so much time in before. And you started to see things that you've never seen before. So builders are in high demand. What looked good to you is coming down. And the man says, I've got too much right now. Let me pull this thing down. Let me build something bigger. But in the process of building, in the process of expanding his family, in the process of having more children, they forgot the master giver who gave you the opportunity to be able to have what you had before, before he wants to exalt you in places he wants to take you in the next few weeks, few years. Many people feel that if the more I can take, the more I will be successful. Let me share three things with you close. And close with this. How to be a giver, not a taker, and still succeed. If you want to be a giver and not a taker, I mean a producer and not a consumer. Number one, you have to stop worrying about your image. Stop worrying about your image. Say this after me. Stop worrying. You've got to learn to stop worrying. Listen to me. Givers look at what they can do to make someone look good. And then God makes them look good. Takers focus on their own needs. Takers believe that the world is so competitive and that to succeed, they must be better than others. To be successful, it's commonly assumed that a taker's personality will outperform and overshadow a giver's personality. Givers, listen to me, are people who help others without worrying about their own benefit. Takers look out for themselves first. They are quick to take credit and self-promote, believing that the only way to achieve is to be better than everyone else around them. Listen to what Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25 says. For those who are looking at their own image, it says, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. Keep that scripture on there for a while. So God was saying, if you want to help yourself, you're not going to succeed. What The way to succeed is my way. The power to release, the ability to release is the true way to find in yourself. That's why many people don't want to be the second in command. They want to be in command. And while you are in command, you are in command of a sinking ship. I have to have it. That's why the argument is so much about God. Why do I have to serve? I can't be there at 10 o'clock. I can't be there at 10, 15. I've got to sort this out with my family. I've got to sort this out. I've got to ask this person. I've got to ask this person. You're asking somebody who may die tomorrow. Somebody who, 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 who God is looking at and saying, is that person before me? Abraham didn't ask, 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 ask Sarah before he went to sacrifice Isaac. God said it to him. It was not up for discussion. Where are you going, Abraham? I'm going to make a sacrifice. Okay. And many of us, we want to keep our dignity and image. And God is saying, that is not the way to go. Do you know that many of us will not interact with people because they want to make sure that nobody insults me? You! A virus has insulted the entire world. And there's nothing you can do about it. I don't want anyone to talk about me. I, 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 I respect myself. Which one? Yourself? Yourself. God says that self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself your true self. You will never find yourself in the absence of giving yourself and releasing yourself to people. I hope I will hear an amen there. Many people are not givers. They want to be in charge of their own thing. That is the reason why the internet, the social media, everywhere is full of 
people trying to self-promote themselves at the expense of Christ. Have you seen Christians with naked bodies on, the, on, 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 on social media? Have you seen them with slits that you're just saying, God, help me, Lord? Have you seen guys that for once they saw their six-packs in 45 years and suddenly everything is out there? Just trying to promote themselves. And they're trying to say, I'm, uh, I'm building up self-confidence. Self-confidence for what? For who? For who really? Because God may be calling you to support somebody else. But no, you want to develop your own image. You want to preserve your image. And God is saying, you know what? That image you're building is going to die. Let's, let, let, let the church talk the truth. And let's stop building up people who have no regard for God when God even asks what they have. Let's, let's, let's really talk about what really matters. I love to maintain my image. Oh, seriously. You think if my wife and I was arguing outside, we would argue into church. You know, we won't argue into church because I want to save my image. Many of you know that's not going to happen. If I'm angry, you will see it. The only image I've kept is that my son and my daughter will not see a pastor at home, not see a pastor in church and a devil at home. That's the only image I want to keep. I want my son to come out here and say, how's your daddy? And he will say stuff and all of you would say, we already know that. Because if he's going to follow the God his father is following, he wants to see that that God himself is in his father. And that whatever his father says about God and puts God first, he's going to put God first. You cannot put, not put God first and expect your children to follow you. They will do better than you have done. Better is the word. In fact, they will do more than you have done. In fact, they're, in the, they're like an arrow in the hands of a mighty man. When you release it, it will go before you, accomplishing greater things than you have done. Whether good or evil. So if you don't serve God, they will do better. If you don't bring them into the household of God, they will do better. God is saying, your image means nothing to me. I've weighed you in the balance. God says that king needs to go. It's not your image. God is calling some of us to be helpers. Joseph was Jesus' earthly father. But the only time we heard about Joseph was how many times in the Bible? Two times. One, when he accepted to help Mary. Two, when he took Jesus into Egypt. That's the end of his story. He wasn't supposed to be the image. He was supposed to be the helper of God's image. That's the end of Joseph's story. Many of us would be going around and saying, do you know who I am? I am Jesus' father. That's all we will do. In fact, we'll stop coming to church because we are now the father of Jesus. So, we are in a spiritual level greater than where God built you. And only Joseph's play was just to be a conduit of the blessing that God wanted to produce. That's it. But his name is lasting. God, I, I, wish I, could, I wish I could go on, on, on this. Mordecai and Esther. Mordecai helped Esther. Mordecai wasn't trying to build his own image. What was he trying to do? Build somebody else's image. Esther, his nephew, niece, sorry, niece, his niece. All he wanted to do was, you have no father, you have no mother, I will help you. Not his children, but I will help you build your image to the extent that when the king sees you, you will be the queen. He had nothing to do. And when she was the queen, where was Mordecai? Still sitting down in front of the temple, in front of the king's gate. He wasn't saying, ah, Esther, you know I took you, I got you there. Esther, I got you there. The only time 
we heard again about Mordecai was when he went to Esther and says, <laughs> you are trying to protect your image. <laughs> you are worrying about your own image. Do you know that God brought you here for such a time as this? Nothing to do with your image. But let's talk about, let's, let's see, did Mordecai have a lasting legacy by being second, by taking the back seat, by being in the background? Give me the scripture in the book of Esther chapter 10. In Esther chapter 10, verse 2, he says, his great achievements and the full account of the greatness of what? Speak to me in church. You can speak through your mask. The, uh, the, uh, the full account of the greatness of who? Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are recorded in the book of histories of the kings of the Media and Persia. Mordecai, the Jew, became the prime minister. Did you see that? With authority next to that of King Asexus himself. He was very great amongst the Jews who held him in high esteem because he continued to work for the good of his people. Many of you who have given up have walked this far. It's time for me to face my family. The Bible says he continued to work for the good of his people and to speak up for the welfare of their descendants. That's a lasting legacy. If you are protecting your image, sooner or later that image will disintegrate. Ruth was not worried about her image, but just the image of Naomi. Now, write this down if you can. You become greater than what you're prepared to lose. You become greater than what you're prepared to lose. You become lesser than what, you're, what you are prepared to hold. What you cannot let go becomes an idol. And that is what you will serve. When you let go, you become a go-getter. Power to lay down is what provokes power to receive. Stop worrying. Number two. Oh, Jesus. This is how quick the time goes. Number two. Stop looking for awards. Let's quickly go through this. First one is stop worrying. Second one is stop looking. What am I teaching you today? I'm teaching you how to be a giver and not a taker and still succeed. Number two, stop looking for awards. Anything you give for your sake has no future. But everything you give for his sake has a great future. Man gives awards. I've always said this, God gives rewards. Anytime you're doing something for somebody to clap for you, you are making a mistake. You will get the awards, but you will not get the rewards from God. It is not what you, it is not where you sow that you reap from. It is what you sow. Mordecai wasn't looking for an award from the king. He was looking for a reward from God for helping his niece. He sat there, forgotten for, 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 for months. And one day God tapped the king. Go and look in the book of records. He looked in the back and said, ah, What do I do for somebody who saved the king from such a plot? He went to his enemy and his enemy says, Give him a robe, set him on the throne, set him on a donkey, pile him also. He says, Go and do that to Mordecai, his enemy. You don't realize that when you serve God and you're not looking at man, God will even cause your enemies to promote you. I know you are young and you're in this society where you think it is by your self-help that you will succeed. I'm giving you a technology that spans beyond the natural. It is the technology of a giver. God says, if you give to me, if you serve me, if you help others, if you lift up others, angels will not even forget you. Not to talk about my God who is in heaven. I'm telling you, your money, your beauty will not sustain where you're going. There is a different pandemic coming. There is a different issue coming into our lives. And the only thing that will sustain you is the seed that you have sown in the ground. Unreserved commitment results in unrestrained blessing. 
When you hold nothing back from God, he holds nothing back from you. Serving God is your insurance against bondage. It's your insurance against penury, lack, and shame. If nothing is going up from you, nothing is permitted to come down. When you lose your grip on money, God begins to miraculously provide for you. Because every reason why you don't serve God is just because of money. Mama, I'm too busy. God knows what we need. And he says, I will provide it for you in Matthew chapter 6, 32. If God is inviting you to give, however vulnerable you may feel, you need not fear for your security. It's not good enough for us to come to church, good enough for us to fold our hands and not get involved in giving the master what is his due benevolence. When we begin to give on purpose, God begins to bless us like never before. Why would God retain your job when when you had the job, you didn't even have time to pray and thank him? We live in a thankless generation. Why would God bless you? I'm going to share this with you. I hope this blesses you. Somehow, sometime, probably last year, I had an injury on my back. And everywhere I went to, they said, you need therapy, you need therapy, you need therapy, you need therapy every single month. And they told me, they said, it's going to cost 80 pounds per month for that person to come. Do your back, do your stuff. And just pain, preaching with pain, preaching with all that kind of stuff. And I said, 800, you know, 80 pounds. Immediately I go by 10. That's 800 pounds. I just left and said, God, you will heal me. And immediately I heard, God said to me, son, it's not the problem of healing. I can heal you. Your problem is you don't even believe me for 80 pounds per month. I said, God, by covenant of the fact that you have called me for this job, you will provide 80 pounds per month. I know that's not a lot of money for many of you, but for some of us, we need to believe God for that extra. I said, God, I need 80 pounds per month. I opened an envelope in my house and every single month that money comes in. Ask my wife, I put it in there. Last week, there was only 20 pounds left in that envelope. I said, God, we had a covenant. My therapist is coming on Friday. On Monday, no, Monday. When was your birthday? Thursday. On Thursday, I had 20 pounds. The woman or the man, whoever they sent, is coming on Friday. On Thursday, someone walked in and gave me four months worth of money. Because you didn't understand what was it. When I looked at it, Actually, they didn't come to say hello to me. They came to say hello to my wife and bless her. But she just blessed me. I looked at it. I counted. I said, God, wow. In 24 hours, he said to me, I will provide it for you because you are a giver. It is not where I sowed that I eat. It is what I sowed. Many of you don't understand this. You young ones, you don't understand this. You're still too young, even at 35, 40. You're still too young for this. Your lasting legacy depends on how much you give to people, to God, and to your family. This thing when it's all about you, it's so much all about you that even in a party, you want everybody to disappear so you can dance, so everybody can see you. You are the party. You are full of life. You, 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 you want to do everything. They will say, do it once. You've done it three times. of giving is bigger than the current economic situation. Purpose will give me access to provision. 
If you're waiting to feel or you're waiting to give until you feel financially or morally or secure enough, that time will never come. God is saying to many of you today, where you're sitting at home, let go of the natural and see the supernatural. Can I say this? Forgive me, it's not about many people have children and all that kind of stuff, so they are at home. Your staying at home is not an immunity against any disease. It's not. We've seen from Downing Street to the White House to France. Every, it goes through the walls to Buckingham Palace. Thank you, ma'am. Everywhere. The only thing that dis, distinguishes you from others is the Goshen principle. But God cannot preserve you in Goshen if you're taking out what is in Goshen and you're taking it to mammon in the world. Number three, and let's stop. Start helping others. Start, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Stop looking. Start helping. Start helping others. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. He says, now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I can come when I have time. Sparingly. Oh, do you need me now? Uh, I don't have time now, but I have time next week. Sparingly. Oh, I give today. Mm, tomorrow, uh, let me see what's in my account. No, 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 no. Mm, sparingly. Oh, we have a wedding, so we can't give our tithes and offering. We have to save all that we have. Sparingly. <laughs> he says, he who sows sparingly will also be sparingly. He who sows generously that blessings may come to what? Others. Someone called me. He says, oh, pastor, how are you? I said, I'm fine. How are you? I said, you haven't I called me in a while. He says, I see you online. You see me online. Eh? You see me online. That, that, that is the whole me. He says, you're helping others. That blessings may come not to you, to others. Get rid of your image. Will also reap generously and be blessed. Who are you helping? Your child was successful. Somebody came to you. How, can you help me with my child? How did you do it? Uh, come and see me in my house. Fool. You don't want to share the secret. You want to be the top. You want your child to be the top. How did the child get into the school? Share the information. Because the Jews are successful because they share. Even the Indians are successful because they share. Black lives matters. We need to learn to share. The only thing that defrauds our society, and I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash on this, is our lack of sharing information. Helping somebody else. Even though we may not get there yet, but we can at least push someone there. Let me even go to, 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 to husbands and wives. Many husbands, let me talk to husbands, will not want to take a back seat because of their wives. Maybe their wives has God has blessed the works of their hands and you can support. No, why would I do that? I don't want anybody to start to see, think I'm subservient, I'm not man enough. And I know that sometimes some women become stupid because God has blessed them. Then they start to say, hey, you know, I'm bringing in the money. No, 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 no. When there is unity, when there's a spirit of giving to each other, not a spirit of taking, we look at who God wants to use at this season. We back the person up. Many of us don't want to do that. Uh, many of us, we, there, there's a category of givers, there's a category of takers, and there's a category of matchers. M-A-T-C-H-E-R, match. It means, you give, I give. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. I come into church, what is in it for me before I can give? I'm in a marriage, what is in it for me? If you buy me flowers, I will buy you a ring. If you buy me a ring, I will buy you a car. If you buy me a car, I will buy you a jet. Look at the jet. If you help me with the children, you have something, something, something at night. You see, it's, 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 it's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's, it's like a, a, a game of chess. And then your parents come in and your parents start to say to you, be very careful, men are useless. 
It's a game of chess. I remember somebody was sharing this story with me. The, the woman so much had all she had, she refused to allow the man to be on the on on on, on the on the on the property. You know, didn't put his name on the property. And one day, just said, "We're moving." The guy's like, "Moving where?" Oh, I bought another property. Where are we going to? Oh, and if we need to move in one week because somebody else is coming to occupy this, it's already being rented out. That was the end of the marriage. You know why? Because she's been built up to say own your own thing because you never know when he will cheat on you or walk out. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy. The marriage had died before you even started it. You want to match each other. Even, even, even birthdays. Okay, you gave the person 100 pounds. Thank God he provided for you. And then it's your own birthday. You're looking for 120 pounds. What are we doing with our lives? Okay, the person helped you when you were getting married. But, or you helped the person when they were getting married. But you're getting married and you're looking at them like, see, they're not helping me. You don't realize what situation they are in at that time. And God is teaching you to take your eyes from the flesh and put your eyes on God. But because you are a matcha, you have left God behind. And that has ruined your spirit in helping other people. Because you've said to yourself, but I helped this and I was frustrated. Husbands don't realize that you may be a part of a great thing. Look at Joyce Myers. Have you ever heard her husband? Not that much. But he's part of a great thing. When you have your own, you create nothing. You can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who have nothing. Joseph was a giver and his children had longevity. Can I conclude by saying your motives will determine which way the tap of wealth is open. Whether it is turned on or off. God only promises to meet our needs, not our greeds. And God cannot meet your needs if you don't sow a seed. So it is seed, need, but not greed. I'm going to close by saying this. I have got to preach the gospel and the truth of how God uses mysteries to bless his people. And one of the mysteries that is in the Bible is before God could save the world, he had to give his only begotten son. There's something called a resurrection of seed. Until that seed goes down, it will not resurrect. When it resurrects, it takes on a new body. Many of you have reached a ceiling. The ceiling you have reached needs to be sown back again so that a new resurrected body will come out and it will speak for the next generation to come after you. It's called the power to release. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon. I've taken more than my time necessary, but I have to preach and teach the word that is so much pulsating in your heart. Teaching me and saying to me, son, you have got to pull down everything you have said before and rebuild. You don't want consumers. You want producers. You don't want takers. You won't give us. You don't even want matchers. You won't give us. God is saying to me to tell the church and one of you or two of you at home, God is never going to bless you when you start to match God one for one. God, unless you do this for me, then I will serve you. God has left you behind. You have built a barn by yourself. You're dying. You're dying. Oh, I've built this. But I want God to do this so it will take me to my next level. And God says, I don't match people. You've got to be a giver all your heart. I gave it to you. Father, we repent of this generation that are takers. In fact, many of us are so much takers that we will take and we will abuse and misuse and discard the person or the people or the avenue, or the conduit 
in which God has used to bless you. In fact, we're so much takers that Jesus, we have put you aside and we are running after many gods. We repent this afternoon and we bring ourselves into the place and say, God, it is not our image anymore. God says, stop worrying about tomorrow. It's not about our image anymore. It's about your name being glorified. It is all about the name of Jesus. What will glorify Jesus is what you have called us to do. Is my home glorifying Jesus? Are my children glorifying Jesus? That five bedroom that God gave it to you, have you even accommodated one person to give them peace for three nights? That two bedroom he gave you, have you accommodated anyone? Are we walking past people who are suffering? And our eyes are closed. Our heart is seared. Oh, we, serve, we used to serve you. Used to. You're matching God. Father, we ask for your forgiveness. And we ask God that you will create in us a new spirit and a new heart. And before we close, just in case somebody, maybe in church this morning or afternoon or you're at home and you've not even been a giver, meaning the giver of your own life to the generous giver, Jesus. He's asking you, submit your life to him. And then I will make that life die. And then I will resurrect that life. And you will take on a new body, a new purpose, a new provision, a new greatness. But God says you've got to allow it to die first so I can resurrect it. Is there anyone here or at home who is saying, Lord, I give you my life? If you are home, you will see a number that will appear. Call that number after the service. Somebody will be there to help. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.